anybody want to talk or not? That was good. Yeah, no. I was just letting it ride. Yeah, I like the beat. You were getting a little bit self-conscious very, there. Very oh, easy. he was. He was like waiting for one of us to make one of us. Are our... you like that when you like go out to dinner and no one's talking no, or like no. in an interview and you just no. fill voids? No. You're just so wrong about me the last couple weeks. Uh, I asked a question. I didn't even assume. I asked you if that's how well, you were. you assumed. The, you had no, an you, assuming question. It was too much? It was an assuming question. It was. Well, well, look. I know that when you drink a little bit, you get talkative. You have a good time. I just I don't because I'm, I'm a total mute when I'm sober. <laughs> Look at him getting defensive now. This is unreal. Uh, he wasn't like this before we start recording. Hey, when you become Johnny Spreadsheet, yeah. and you got a place in the office now, you just can't talk to this guy like he's Man, just once anybody. You, once you crank out 103 episodes, yep. uh, we'll let's let, let's demands. let's do that. Number three, I'm putting Allen Iverson, and I'm resting my case, and I'm done. AI. That's it. Number three. That's it. It's who's the three? Is who's the three for the Yankees? Uh, Babe Ruth. Yeah, so but, he's up there. Wait, is Jameis three now, or was he three in college and he's five now? I think he was three in college and he's five now. I could be completely wrong. Man. I'm probably just agreeing with you to agree with you. Um, by the way, yes. you just got a haircut and it looks fresh. Hey, thanks, man. Uh, how much I did you spend my... on that haircut? I'm not telling he's you. He's wearing that. three oh, now, and he wore five in college, so okay. he is wearing three now. He is now. wearing three now, okay. Yeah. Why uh, are you not telling me? Because it was a lot of money, and I'm not telling it's uh, nothing more than you used to. You're tra- you drop like what two bills? I go to a place. I go to a really bougie haircut. This place. is my favorite thing about Chris is that he acts like the person that cuts his hair. It's like he, it's like a uh, like a lawn person <laughs> that like perfectly trims the bush with only his eyes and like only the scissors. Never uses. The I buzzer. only get oh he, he doesn't use any buzzer. None. Zero. See, I get a little buzzer at the end from Chieku Watsugama. Ah, the old Watsugama. Watsugama. I pay, so people that don't live in New York are always amazed by prices. So, like, when I first got here, I paid 17 bucks, and the dude chopped off half of the back of my head, <laughs> and I don't have the neck to be showing that much neck. Right. And then I went to this lady, and I paid her 52 Yes. And I gave her a $20 tip the first time because all I had was a 20 Good for you. So now... Because I'm like neurotic, I always tip a twenty, but I should be paying her ninety two now. But she locked me into that fifty two rate. Oh, so you're doing that's good. That so now, yeah, 20. she got to give her the twenty. I let her record me on video last time. She goes, she, I'm not going to imitate her accent, but she goes, hey, can I set up a camera and record this? Right. And I'm like, sure. And she took a before and after picture. Uh, and like the the sort of the four, I like I put my hair out. It was like froed out. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm this. I'm like on the web. I'm on someone's website as a before Jufro after like pump cart. I apologize for starting this podcast. So oh, there he is. They're self conscious. Let's hope. Hopefully, the audience can meet all of your sides before all the show is over. He's blushing. <laughs> okay. Oh, I this just, is cutesy, Josh. I just right that would get a good laugh. Wait, time out. Oh. So, okay, so how much do you pay for your haircut? Uh, $20. $20. $25. I'm at the 52, which ends up being 72 with a tip. Yep. So you're the high end of the spectrum. Just tell it. Why? Who cares? Well, you, it's part of your, you're on national TV a lot. You do videos with me. It's part of your job. We should probably write it off. How much do you pay? I pay $400. Oh my God. So <laughs> <laughs> you weren't ready for that, huh? I wasn't. No. I wasn't. No. You where know what the you, best part you, of my, what's it called? John Barrett. 
it's on the top of the Burdorf Goodman, which if anybody not from New York, Burdorf Goodman I can is never on the, say that word. Is on the corner of 57th and 5th. It's the uh, department store it's on, it's insane. that owns Neiman Marcus yes. and Saks Fifth Avenue. If you walk in, you're seeing like $15,000 leather jackets. You can see some crazy stuff. Now, my favorite thing about going to the haircut, my number one thing for justifying it, I probably have told you this before. Women. The women walking around in this place, like the woman, the women, the, his haircut are so big time. He cuts my hair and then he doesn't even edge me up. He has an assistant that edges me up. He doesn't do the no, edging. Yeah, and you get the main guy. I get the well, main, yeah, for I get John Barrett. Yes, I do. Does he know uh, your name? Is he excited oh, to see yeah. you? John's a, uh, yeah, a homosexual, break down this character. homosexual man, like 61 maybe from Ireland. Is he in like really good shape, 61? No, he's not really. <laughs> he's not. He's got a little bit of something, but he doesn't care. And Does he dress like immaculately? Like he dresses really nice, but he's not afraid to like be a hair messy. Okay. So he's not like your like ultimate pristine, like yes. maybe homosexual we see here in New York at times. Like there's barbers at my place right. that are like perfectly put together. Right now there's guys there at this place yeah, too. Yeah, like they're like, wearing a vest with like rolled up sleeves yes. and their hair. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, you do that every morning to go to work to cut hair. I go to work and I'm wearing joggers and a t-shirt. <laughs> wow. Okay, so he gets in there and like what's the experience oh, like? Oh man, he's great because he, he really keeps it real. So he's a lot like me. We can have some really dirty conversations. Oh, I'm sure. Fantastic. You know, like he'll, well yeah, because you're, I always say this you're a new york unicorn there are not a lot of six four six five blondes walking around new york true so you walk in there and i bet you all the models are like this is weird and then he sees you and he's like oh ultra ultra testosterone filled dude in my chair let's let's have crazy energy we do that's hilarious he's a good dude he really is and yeah he's uh who leads the conversation you or him uh you know usually someone one of the men from the from the uh salon are going to come over to me and ask football questions really and then he'll literally be like okay okay get the fuck out of here i want to talk to him yeah i feel like you would look at him and go what do you think about the environment right now well we can go so many places (laughs) with it we can go i mean he's gone to some of his sexual escapades yeah to uh yeah we go anywhere and you keep it in the it's a good relationship safe space do you go to the same guy or same person every time uh usually yes i have two places that i go depending upon where i am in the city and at those places i have a guy that i like so it really just depends i've always enjoyed the fact that when guys find their barber slash hair person they go to them no matter what it is no matter when you'll wait two hours we just don't want to meet someone else because we don't when they say what do you want we just really want to go usual whatever the hell you do man i'm like a little nervous right now why because that this is going to be backlash out of this haircut From who? Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. (laughs) You have said on this podcast before that number. I have. Not that that number. I think it was 350 last time. No, I think it was 250. In this Uh, economy, though. 350, and then you're right. In this economy, inflation. Who's going to say anything about this? No, you know, just people will joke. How much do you think your brother pays? Who knows? He might get a cut in the locker room. Are you afraid of Seahawk Scout? Are you afraid of Beijing? I don't want Beijing thinking I'm too bougie. Well, you are bougie. You're like a combination. I'm like both. Right. Yeah, you're bougie. Because I go like nine weeks without getting a haircut where my hair just grows wild. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get the most expensive haircut. No, more like you're bougie, like you're going to get a $400 haircut and then you're going to get the same lunch for 18 months in a row. Yep, which is sitting next to me. And by the way, I mean, most people spend about $10 on lunch. You spend $2 on lunch. So really, if you do the math here, you come out ahead Uh, of most people. uh, Let's go wait. So, how long do you think you've gone to Chipotle every day? Uh, I, What's well, it at now? Ooh, like, I mean, do you remember when it started? Work days, 
I mean, work Because you used to do Oliviero. Yeah, work days is like, it's been 100% of the time, at least for the two last years. year. Two yeah. years. I yeah. think it's two years. Yeah, it might be And a so year when and you go half. up there, what do you get again? I get three scoops of brown rice, a scoop of black. I go, this is my order every time. I go, hey, so I don't get any meat. So can I have three scoops of brown rice? You could charge me extra if you want. This is exactly what you said. Yes. I've seen it. And then I go, and then they go, okay. And then, I, and then I get a scoop of black beans, grilled vegetables, and a little hot sauce. That's all and I that's, get. what, $4? Yeah, it's like uh, four ninety five. maybe. So there you go. I, I would think say, a lot of people at home are going, how do you not get hungry? Well, it's, I mean, if you looked at the amount, feel this thing right now. I mean, it's girthy. I would say it's about nine pounds. You're right. It's got <laughs> some real girth. It's three huge scoops of brown rice. Uh, I am starving right now. I mean, I did, you know, Boomer and Carton this morning. Yeah. So I've been up since 420. Well, that's why when I was asking you the Brady diet stuff, right. there was like a lot of stuff on there that you were more lax about than I thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not playing anymore, so I don't give a damn that much. I mean, yeah. um, Yo, I'm watching my stuff so much right now. Uh, yeah, I can hear it. I mean, just from the things I've heard you say around the office about my, your morning my, routine. My thing right now is I go three eggs, avocado, Coffee, MCT oil, which is like coconut oil for people out there. Three chicken Take periods my supplements. to start the day. Yep. Oh, that's right. You don't need eggs. <laughs> Three <laughs> menstrual cycles to start your day. But you know you know they're good for you. Yeah, I know they are. Yeah, yes. but you just can't handle it. Well, yeah, I never could. I can never like the smell. And then when I was told what they really were as far as the menstrual st- cycle, yeah. I started, now I like to rub I it officially, in people's faces. I officially met this girl when we were talking, and she has the complete opposite dot, like, like when I, I like my eggs runny, yeah. And she was like, "I need them super hard. Like I hate yolk." And I was like, "See, that sucks." Like I like when you meet people that have the same diet as you, because then you can just get it. But my big thing is when I meet someone who likes one specific type of chicken wing, so I know that I can order chicken wings with them. If you like the leg or the wing, we get one or we get two orders. And Dude, then we split. I went to the forty forty club on Monday night solely to get the wings oh. because I heard they were great. Are they that good? They were very good. They are crispy, not a lot of sauce on them. Better than Dan and John's? Dan and John's is a, is a whole other okay. like, thing into itself. But was I was sitting on the screen? Yeah, I was watching college basketball. Perfect story. I didn't even think I was going to tell yeah, this. It was a rap song. The 40, people, 4040, 40, 40, yeah, ESPN on the screen. Right. Who is that? Jay Z. Oh, yeah. He owns 4040. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, the people watching at 4040. Sure. People trying to get in the club, incredible. And then. I'm sitting there, and I'm, all I'm doing is eating wings, and I'm with somebody. And Gus Johnson sits down at the bar with Alone? me. And I would have not have known he was there because like, I was watching TV. I'm people watching the stairwell. Gus Johnson alone. And the only way I knew is because when he called the waitress over, he goes, Hey, what's up? Can I get some wings? And I was like, damn, Gus. Like, he j- like, he, I don't even know if that's his real, like, if that's his normal voice or if he's putting on a show. Because like, if that's how he talks, it is. holy crap. I know. And um, so now I'm I'm with this girl and I'm like, yo, that's that's Gus Johnson, and she's like, who? And I was like, shut up. Here's what was so funny: yeah. Miami University, Florida, was playing um, Virginia, Virginia, and it came down to the very end, and a kid on Miami. Got the ball and rise and th- fire threw it up and it went in at the buzzer. I saw the highlight, right? It didn't count. But at that moment, I yelled. And there's not a lot of times where I yell in public or because of sports, but I was like, oh my God. And I looked over at Gus because who else do you want to see when a moment's happening than Gus Johnson? And Gus was eating the wing and just looking at the TV completely unaffected. Completely unaffected. And I'm like, I'm like, man. 
I don't know if you love sports anymore. Because, like, Gus Johnson would be like, oh, baby, rise on fire. Yeah, like, oh. yeah. I, I love Gus. He's amazing. He is. I do too. You guys, Remember, yeah, when he came in to Bleacher Report the office, that one time, awesome. he came in and he opened up the doors. He, he So we have at Bleacher Report two glass doors that once you hit the sensor, they can both open. But you really only open one. Yeah. He pushed both doors open, and what did he yell? What's up, motherfuckers? And the That's, whole the whole place Dead just silent. Yeah, we didn't know what to do because we, everyone was like, "Guys, Gus Johnson's coming. Be on your best, best behavior." behavior. <laughs> and it's what up, motherfuckers? And then he came back, and what video game are we playing and FIFA. crowded around? I remember this. FIFA. And he sees them playing FIFA, and he goes, "Man, fuck soccer. That sport sucks." He's <laughs> like, "They got, they try to get me to call that shit. Fuck that." And he's just cursing, and you're like, "Yeah, wow." Gus is from Detroit. And Gus, that's the it's 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 actually funny to see, right? Because oh well, I interviewed him one up. time, and he had a flat brim hat, and he was lean back in a car. He's the man. That's been he's a cool dude. He's really cool. He doesn't change himself for anyone. If you've ever seen the interview where he does that thing with Spike Lee, and Spike Lee's like, "Man, I'll tell you what, I like this." And he's talking about Dan Dick. He's like, "I like him. I like him. I like Dick." And Gus is like, "Pause." Like he can't <laughs> not, and that's why I love Gus, but. Man, his voice, yeah, it just echoes throughout the room. It does. It's, it's when a I was funny a kid, the Gus Johnson soundboard. Do you remember that online oh, yeah. where you could click it, Soundboards and make all of his coolest. noises? Oh, I used to sit there during the tournament and just fucking hit that thing oh, over and man. over again. It's, yeah, it's one of the things that misses from him not being on CBS. Yes, his calls during the tournament. tournament. Yeah, yeah, I don't need a Spiro Didis and all these guys. Like, I need Gus Johnson because he'll turn that random Monmouth fourteen, yeah, Maryland three game and make it super right. exciting. That's yeah. right. Upset Maryland's upset. What do you have against Mammoth and Maryland? Let's go, Mammoth! Oh, man. All right, so uh, let's do some NFL. Uh, Just kind of, this is where the world of the NFL is right now. Next week is Combine Week. It starts Tuesday, but that's all the press conferences. This is where we ask players, do you deserve to be the first pick in the NFL draft? And we ask coaches, are you drafting a quarterback? And then they don't talk. There will be some news that comes from it, but usually it's a bunch of bad reporters. I shouldn't say that. Bunch of reporters that go to Indy. Uh, So that's all Combine Week next week. Next Wednesday, um, which is March 1st, is when franchise tags gets finalized. Uh, So that's when we'll officially learn about Kirk. Cousins, um, Le'Veon Bell, maybe, and some of those guys. In two weeks, legal tampering starts that Tuesday, March 7th, where teams can start to negotiate with real free agents. And in two days after that, free agency starts March 9th. Yeah. We're in, like, the last week of kind of figuring out what's going on. Right. So... You always make fun of me of doing Lefko inventory, which is when I sit down at Josh and I go, what are you working on right now? What are you doing? Like, explain to people what I do. Okay, so Lefko, Lefko walks around the office and does what I call the Lefko audit, where he'll basically just saddle up to next, next to someone who he thinks is not doing anything, and he'll just be, oh, what are you working on? What are you doing today? And yeah, I like to make sure everybody's doing something. Doing? Yeah. And it's really, it's Lefko pretending like he's interested in people's work, yeah. but he's really just trying to find out, is that person doing nothing? Is that person doing nothing? I just want people to do their jobs. He just wants people <laughs> do to do their job. jobs. He's like the Belichick of the office. Yes. He just wants everyone to do their job. Yes. Um, so the, the first thing that I want to do is get an inventory, an audit, as you would say. An audit, yes. Of, and a, a Lefko audit. Yes. Of we, we do this a lot. What are teams doing right now? So I have a list of questions for you. So yeah. what are they doing right now? Are teams, have they already evaluated their own team? 
Yes, they're done. So that's done. They're done evaluating their Are, own Have team. they already made decisions on their own free agents? Uh, yes. Like would, finalized? Like they're not going back and they forth? They might be. There Maybe might, a Kirk Cousins situation. Or they want to have a conversation about the money and where that's going to be at. But for the most part, they at least have a good idea of what they want to spend at each position. And they power rank their own guys yes, and all that stuff. Yes, definitely. Uh, where are they with scouting other free agents and deciding which ones they're going to pursue? I, I think they're really probably pretty set from that department as they well. They know that yeah, too. Yeah, that would that would be what they are on. And that's really what the coaches are on right now too. Uh the front office certainly on the draft, they're way deeper in the weeds. The coaching staffs for the most part when you talk to them, uh I mean, I know a few coaches that were just going to get started on the draft stuff this weekend to take their first peek. Mm-hmm. A lot of since it's become so long now between the draft and the combine, they have more free time. They have more free time and a lot of the coaches and organizations now basically just go We'll get a feel for some of the guys before the combine, but really the combine is the first time they're going to see these guys in person, meet them, watch them work out, and then they're going to leave there and go, okay, now let's start diving in and, and go after it from and there. Can I ask a question? And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are the players doing right now? Nothing. I mean, players are doing Shit, whatever Belichick you want. Belichick is just chilling on a boat. Yeah, they're, they're I saw, really... I saw Kelechi Osemele going whitewater rafting. Sure, so they're enjoying free time. I mean, the smart ones are hopefully working out to a degree. But yeah, it's 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 a really long off size, off season now with the new CBA. I mean, because they're not allowed to come out back to work till like mid April. Um, so it's different from like my day, where my day literally uh, is crazy. But like ten years ago, like we would have had to be there like March twelfth if we didn't make the playoffs. March fifteenth, which wow. is you know basically two weeks from now. You're like, yep. okay, here we go, we're getting started again. Not including the combine and the pro days. Yeah. What percentage of draft scouting is done right now? Oh, well, the draft scouting is done, right? So, as far as like the front office, your area scouts, all of the all their tape, reports, the are, reports in. are all in. Exactly right. Filed in a computer. The they GM nice is starting. Yeah, yeah, it's probably in a computer. And, yes, he probably does have a binder in which he can bring it on and the road they, with do them. Do they use the Combine and Pro Day to get just the measurables? They, it's really the measurables. and Interviews. Really, it's just it's exactly what is done now is really investigation. So you kind of know where you're going to go, and then it's let's fine-tune and make sure that guy is as good as we think I he is. I want you to call back your contact at the University of Michigan or whoever you know yeah. and just do a deeper dive and ask if there's anybody else you could call on Jabril Peppers. I want you to figure out if there's somebody else you can call just to, you know, I- I'd like to know a little bit more about his work ethic or mm. what his home life was like mm. back in New Jersey, whatever it so may be. So they really have a nice dossier on every guy before they even meet the kids. Yes, the front office the GMs are going to be all over that stuff already. It's yes. so funny. Like people, I, I think I've always thought that when they interview guys, these guys at the combine, they're trying to get information. But now that we've done this for like three years, I'm realizing it's more about them trying to catch the kids in a lie. They already know everything about these Pretty kids. Pretty much, yeah. And it's like, how will he handle himself with the tough answers that I know are going to be tough? How will he just stand there, man to man? Will he lie to me? Will right. he answer it? How will he handle the? Because they already know everything. Pretty much, they do. They, there's not going to be much that's unturned uh, or stone that's unturned to this point. Uh, now they might get a few more tidbits here and there because of the combine. They might meet another coach or a player who might be able to tell them something about their teammates, yes. or go to the pro day at the school. And sure. again, they meet 
assistant, the assistant strength coach all of a sudden came over and talked to a scout from the Steelers. Right. And now they've made a little connection, and yeah. now he feels like, oh, I, you know, I might be able to get away with this question right now. Oh. You know, what's the, what's the deal with, you know, uh, Leonard Fournette? What's he yeah, really yeah. doing in his off time? I think the other question I have is, okay, so you, you've scouted uh, the whole draft, and you have a good idea of where there's depth. So let's say Washington. Right. We know they need an interior defensive lineman at some point. Mm-hmm. If they look at the draft and they go, oh, it's really d- deep at defensive line, and then they go, okay, then maybe we don't need to go after it in free agency, and then the combine comes and they underperform, like, how do they value, because you're filling out a roster, Yeah, that's that's the. how do you do that dance between, if we don't get in free agency, it's the draft, because the combine comes before free agency, and then it's the draft. Yeah, it's a little bit of a balancing act that way. I, I do think so. You, you, that's the, the beauty of the GM, is he's not only going to balance... You know, how am I going to fill these holes? Let's say Washington Redskins interior D lineman. Am am I going to go the free agency and throw this allotted money out of here? But then if I man, if I throw this allotted money out of here to let's say a Benny Logan, right, to be my defensive tackle right. for the Washington Redskins, man, I had to pay him a little more. So maybe now I just can't look at a interior D lineman in round one or two. Yeah, and I'm going to look at other look positions. At, they have to look at when the other contracts of that position expire. Yes, and they got to match up because you can't have a ton of money allocated towards one towards position. One, right. Uh, yeah, if you're not looking, how many years in advance do you think they have to be looking? For well, it, there in are terms s- of their roster and like contracts matching up, combined with youth at a position, you don't want too much youth. You don't want too much experience. Yes, there. Well, I, I would say with your key players, they look a few years ahead of farther. Right, like some of your staples that you know might be there for four or five years. Right, let's say like you know, okay, New England and and Edelman and Brady. Like they're keeping track of, uh, let's say, the core players in yeah. New England together and what they're spending on each of them for the year the rest of them the let's say the other 42 guys that can be interchangeable in a lot of ways yeah they're just trying to make it fit year by year man uh and then as far as like having a just a total overall game plan you know i think most organizations are like a year ahead they're always a year ahead as far as okay we know we gotta dive into this position this upcoming year we got blah blah blah's contract about to expire uh and this is our salary cap situation. So they kind of like, I would say at this point, every GM uh, knows what they're allowed to spend through their owner and what they've talked about in that conversation. Right. And um, they have a good idea of where they want to allocate the money as far as the free agency and the draft. Am I out of line to say that I think this could be a very crazy free agency because of how much cap space the teams have right now? I was very shocked when I looked and I, I realized that like the Browns have $106 million in cap space. Uh, I, I remember two, three years ago when Jacksonville had $70 million and we were like, that's incredible. Uh, and you look... I mean, there's it's like 20 teams have over 20 million. No, actually, it's like 26 teams have over 20 million dollars. And I I just see all this money. I mean, there's like 10 teams that have over 50 or or 40. Right. It's crazy. Do you think there could be a lot of money spent? I do. I think there could be. Are we going to see some crazy contracts? I do. I think you're going to see some teams where, like, let's just say A.J. Bouye, for instance. Yeah, right? who you believe about. is the top corner available I in free do. agency. I do. I think he's the top corner available. And you available. look, the Browns need a corner. Right. The Niners need a corner. The Jaguars, they could use one. The yeah. Titans really need one. Yes, the Raiders could use yeah. one. They have a ton of money, right? Um, so there's a – that's where I think it could Colts, be a crazy yeah. year where you could look at it and go, 
man, like I didn't think this kind of money was going to be thrown at this guy. Yeah. But I think that uh, as far as a key position like a corner or a pass rusher, uh, yeah, there's got there's teams that have crazy amounts of money, and then you look at the pass rushing group and go, okay, there's a lot of good, yeah, but there's Melvin no like superstar, right? Yeah. There's no you know Khalil Mack, Von Miller like last year, whatever it may right. be. Um, so I think some of those guys might get bigger contracts than we've seen in the past, just because teams are going to be like, oh, we got this extra money, let's let's outbid this other team yeah. and just put it to rest. That is going to be big in two weeks, and I'm I'm thinking I had already asked this about Chris. I kind of want to do a free agency primer early in that week because then when free agency starts, I would rather us react to it and that it actually has some life sure. to it. Were you going to say something? No, no. So I'd like to continue my audit, uh, and what my audit would consist of is sure. You drafted good guys. You signed good guys in free agency. But I, I got hung up still with the Peter King and us talking about how there's eight teams in the NFL that are trying to win. And now that all the coaching set and the new GMs are in, I was curious if we just looked around the league. I have all the teams, GM, head coach, OCDC. I kind of want to run through it and tell me, are, are, they, are they, A, trying to win a Super Bowl, B, is their personnel capable of winning a Super Bowl? And by personnel, I mean like their decision makers and coaches. And see what is their weak link if they do have one. So I want to start off in the NFC East. Hmm. Cowboys. GM is Jerry Jones. Head coach is Jason Garrett. OC is Scott Linehan. DC, Rod Marinelli. Yeah, pretty good group. You, you feel confident in that group? I do. They're certainly, I mean, listen, are they going to win every coaching matchup the whole year long? But. That for the most part, they're going to win a lot of them. And that gives you confidence that they have the staff to maybe win a Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, and also, I found little nuggets on pretty much every staff, position coaches that are like former players and stuff that go, huh, that's where he is. For the Cowboys, wide receiver coach Derek Dooley and defensive tackle coach Leon Lett. Yes. You know, cool to have. Derek Dooley, I still can't believe he's been there for as long as he has. Uh, yeah, well, and, and wide receiver coach, I don't want to take anything away from them, but that's um – and that's that's a different coaching position. Now, of course, you're teaching receivers what to do, but receivers are also the biggest pains in the butts on the team. So it's like babysitting, gotcha. too, that group. New York Giants. Yeah. GM is Jerry Reese. Yep. Head coach, Ben McAdoo. OC, Mike Sullivan. DC, Steve Spagnolo. Yeah, you know you know the thought here. Where's the weak link? The offense. The offensive scheme so. in general. It's not just Mike Sullivan. It's head coach, Ben McAdoo, and their scheme as well. But that is a serious flaw right away that I look at and just go – yeah, okay. They do a lot of things right, that coaching staff. So they're they, detailed, they're approached, they're tough, they work hard, right. but but there's a lack of creativity so there. So you're seeing, A, yes, they're trying to win and the yes. effort's there, but B, maybe the personnel's not capable. Yeah, it, right. Just, it's it's, the it's coaching interesting to say. Yeah. Right. And look, what do we, coaching in the NFL is more important than any other sport. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, GM Howie Roseman, head coach Doug Peterson, OC Frank Reich, DC Jim Schwartz. Yeah, that's a pretty damn good group, right? You there. like that? I do. I really do. I mean, I, I'm as I'm sitting here just looking at the teams in front of me. Yeah, that's a uh, an offensive coaching staff that can bring a lot of different things to the to the table in general. Uh, Jim Schwartz, and who I've does been that with, match up with the offense. Jim Schwartz. Yes, it similar does. similar philosophy. Yeah, Schwartz is a. Okay, this is what we do yeah. for the mo- 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 main part, and we're going to be good at it. But mm. I got a few little curveballs to throw at you every inning yeah. to at least give it. I would say the weak link look. there is Howie Roseman. There's been some moves that have been questionable, but I think I, think, I mean that's definitely the one yeah. to question. Fo- and the uh, interesting one there, football operations, is now Brian Dawkins B- is in Doc. the front office. B- Doc. It's always interesting where these guys come yes. from. 
Washington. Yeah. GM is Scott McGlewin, but I also wrote in here President's Bruce Allen. Right. And if you haven't read the uh, Jerry Brewer uh, column in the Washington Post, he pretty much says that Scott McGlewin is just a figurehead and Bruce Allen's the one still calling the shots. Uh, head coach Jay Gruden, OC Matt Cavanaugh, DC Greg Minuski. Yeah. I mean, it's a good group. Am I blown away by that group? Uh, no, maybe not. Um, I, I do think, like, I'm with you with, the first of all, the, the GM conversation there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure who's calling the shots there. I, there's been a lot of dysfunction. There has been a lot of dysfunction. I mean, and, you know, even going back into last year's draft with them dra- dra- drafting Josh Dotson in the first round, I mean, I just didn't think it was necessary. I get yeah. it. They're looking to the future a little bit, but I didn't think he was that talented. And, you know, I guess if I look at it, I mean, Jay is a good head coach. Um, you know, the the new offensive coordinator, Kavanaugh, this is going to be his first rodeo. So I'll be interested yeah. to see where that goes to. And then they just fired Joe Barry. Now, Minuski, I like what he did at the Colts. Yeah. I don't think he was a bad thing. Again, I think he was more of a product of a bad Ryan Grigson who didn't give I a am, lot of players. I am anticipating Jay Gruden getting frustrated with the front office and how he's going to handle it because Jay has been awesome in terms of being honest and staking his claim. Yes. They have three interesting guys on their staff. Wide receivers coach, Ike Hilliard. Mm-hmm. Offensive line coach, Bill Callahan. Many believe is the best in the business. Yep. D-line coach, Jim Tom Sula. Yeah. Back in the NFL. That's a great spot for him to be, too. I mean, uh, and that's a, that's a great team for him to be on. Uh, Minuski is a fiery, tough, hard-nosed guy, if you've ever been around him. Really great guy. One of my favorite D coordinators to talk to in football. And then same with Jimmy T. I mean, Tom Sula is, he is the epitome in the dictionary as a defensive line coach. Yeah. Like, I, I will just say the Bruce Allen, Kevin Demoff, like, tree. It's I a just, little scary. I think it's bad. Well, you just don't know if there's football decisions being made there or, or job personal saving. political decision. Right. Right, so that, they would fall under me. They don't do one trying to win the Super Bowl. I think they're trying to save their jobs. I, I would I would agree with that. And I think that's what's been so frustrating if you're a Washington fan. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, and, and again... It's all about pointing blame. Well, if there were... RG3. Even Kirk Cousins right now. Like, what, what, are, what are you doing? I don't really get it. What are yeah. you doing? They're indecisive. Oh, they... Go ahead. Trade him to the Cowboys. Take Tony Romo. See how that works out. I mean, that's... Is that a thing? I mean, I just... I think there's I talk. Out there there's today. talk, yeah. Wow. Right. Uh, NFC North, Chicago Bears, GM Ryan Pace, head coach John Fox, OC Dow Logans, DC Vic Fangio. Yeah, I got faith in uh, really that whole crew right there. I think that's a pretty strong. A little shaky on Fox? I, I mean, a little bit, yes. I mean, it's Fox's third rodeo. He's getting up there in age. How detailed is he at this point of his career? Yeah. Um, you know, he is a good fixer upper, that's for sure. Uh but also, I mean, this is a situation where this team was not good when he took over, so yeah. it was not an easy job, and there, there's no quarterback there as of right now either. I mean, And Pace has done really well in his drafts. He has. Far. Pace has been uh, Offensive phenomenal. assistant on the Bears, Kevin Mawai. Oh, good old Kevin Mawai. I, I mean, that's a Hall of Famer. He is a Hall of Famer. Mawai is the, the best center I ever, ever was around. You have and, a good Mawai story? Oh, man. Um, Mawai... Let me just think about a good Mawai story. I mean, he is a great dude with a twinkle craziness in his eye where you're just <laughs> like, man, I'll invite you over. And, man, if something goes crazy, you're going to take care of it. Cause yeah. I've seen, yeah, and he would be one of the few offensive linemen I ever played with that the defensive linemen in the locker room were scared of, and they were going to respect wow. what he said. So they hunt. Do defensive linemen not no, typically no, scared defensive linemen would also be like, get the fuck out of here, old linemen, and they like, turn the music up, because the old linemen would be like, can you guys turn the music down? And the uh, <laughs> D-line would be like, fuck you, and they turn it up and be like, boom, boom, boom. 
I always wonder if that's really what it is or if that's just what Tampa Bay was. Well, no, because Tennessee was like that, too. Tennessee with Mawai and Albert Hainsworth and, uh, you know, Kyle Vandenbosch wearing his red Red, oh, uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, we had some crazy efforts on that defense. But they were scared of Mawai, huh? Mawai is a yes. I feel like he'd be a dude that has enormous hands. He's just like, it's It's not that they're totally annoying. He's just so dense. Yeah, it's like he's, he's got like, that dense left go. It's, like like, <laughs> it's like he's got two arm bones and like two <laughs> leg bones. And I used to be amazed when I watched Mawai in games against like good nose tackles, right? Like whether it was like a Chris Jenkins back in the day or a Sean Rogers who were like, 360, 350, and pretty athletic. And good feet. Yeah, and then Mawai was like 305, 300. Man, he would stand these guys up, and then if he felt overpowered, he had all these moves to still get them on the ground. Like yeah. He was just like the master Jedi. That's dope. Detroit Lions, GM Bob Quinn, head coach Jim Caldwell, OC Jim Bob Cooter, DC Terrell Austin. Love them all. I, I Still I, can't believe Terrell Austin didn't get any serious. He had no serious play. I mean, how did he not get one but Vance Joseph did? He, he was in Denver, but... Still, I, I agree. What Terrell Austin did with that talent in D- Detroit for the second straight year. Yeah. I mean, if what, you give me a choice between Durrell or, I mean, uh, Terrell, Terrell Austin Vance. or Vance, I'm taking Ter- Terrell yeah. for sure. Uh, I guess my question there, you know, again, this is a new regime there in the front office, so they're still building a team. But I do, like Jim Bob Cooter, he was better than what they had as far as. But it was so gimmicky. It, it's not a great offense. It's a little overrated. I, yeah. I would agree with you there. It really is. And I, yeah, I would say if there's one part that I it look at. It was the Rams' offense with better talent. Going into year two now, fully in this offense, right. I'll be interested to see where it goes because the Very a interesting study people in there is the assistant head coach is Ron Prince, the old uh, Kansas it, State coach. I believe. You're right. He was. He was and tight State. end coach is Al Golden, the old Miami coach. Yeah, he referred and to me a Penn State the new defensive assistant, Godsey. Godsey. The hell is he doing on defense? Well, the old OC of Houston. Well, it's New Englandish. You know, uh, first of all, I mean the the GM Bob Quinn Quinn is from New England, and Godsey is the kind of guy that is extremely smart, like extremely intelligent, and. He probably was like, okay, I can't get a high level. He had a chance to get the OC job with the Jets. Right. I think he thought he might get it. I think he thought he was going to get it with Alabama as well. Oh, wow. Um, and this happened, and I think he probably just like, what am I going to do, sit on my butt you know, all yeah. year? So I'll Who go Who would you take defense. as the OC, um, Steve Sarkeesian or Godsey? I would take Godsey. Yeah. I, I still don't understand the Sarkeesian hire. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay. GM Ted Thompson, head coach Mike McCarthy, OC Edgar Bennett, DC Dom Capers. Uh, I, I just look at this and think stale. Like it just, just yes, I think all of it. I mean, uh, yeah, a, a little bit. Now they're all in. Yeah, they are trying to win. They are trying to win. But I don't know if they're capable. But their formula might need to be tweaked. I think that's what I would say. I mean, that's what it needs to be tweaked in my eyes. Of course, the offense needs to do more. The defense, you know, we've been saying it for three years. They still need to get bigger up front, in my opinion. Yeah, they try um, and beat you with speed and stunts. And, no, and that's in every big game they get pushed. They do. Uh, so I would have an issue there. I mean, their secondary is something to to talk about. This is a yeah, team that again that's like a seven and nine 
eight and eight, six and ten football team with the best player in their in the NFL on their team, and he's made us believe that they're a little better than they actually yeah. are. Special teams coordinator Ron Zook. Oh, the old Zucker. Uh, Minnesota Vikings GM Rick Spielman, head coach Mike Zimmer, OC Pat Shermer, DC George Edwards. Yeah, I I love everything. I mean, Shermer again is along those lines of a boring West Coast play caller. So uh, I always question those guys to a degree because they have not shown me the propensity to expand their playbook look at big brainiac over yeah, here it's pretty impressive so thanks man thanks it's that new haircut yep it's that big brain of mine but yeah that would be um that would be my issue there is mm. again here we are it's a defensive coach zimmer who's awesome and he's gotten they got an offensive coordinator that, oh, just don't mess up the game yeah don't turn all all over. safe yeah. uh their o their special guy their o-line coach is tony sperano oh they have a lot of former head coaches on their staff which makes, I always makes like. sense zimmer's a secure guy he doesn't care yeah exactly been around for a while um uh, nfc south now atlanta falcons gm thomas dimitrov and scott pioli head coach dan quinn oc steve sarkeesian dc mark and manuel yeah I mean, a lot of good things. I'm not blown away by anything there. Uh, I mean, I do like Dan Quinn as far as his approach to being a head coach. Some of the things they did on the defensive side of the ball in the Super Bowl was the most creative stuff I saw them do all year. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I certainly got question marks about Sarkeesian. I could be wrong. I just need to see it in the NFL. And... um, you know, they've done some good team building, but I just think, like, it, it's, it took Dimitrov. Dimitrov went through a stale. I think it was stale. I think Pioli did it this past year. It should year. be. I mean, I, I could argue, that it too. I mean, some of their best offensive signings were because of Kyle Shanahan. So, yeah. I mean, you know Taylor that. Gabriel, Aldrich Robinson, Mohamed Sanu. I mean, those are all kind of Kyle's Kyle guys. Kyle was like, hey, bring these guys in. Yeah, well, Gabriel. Well, like you said, a lot of times a GM comes to the coaches and says, who are you interested yeah, in? Yeah, and I'll give them credit for that because they listen to them. Listening is good. And uh, they got it done. Uh, their assistant head coach is Steve Skarnecchia. Yeah, the old Scar. The son of Dante Skarnecchia, famous for what? Filming the Rams practice. He was the, the one. Bowl? He was the one. Film- Supposedly. Yes. Uh, D line coach Bryant Young. Yep. And left uh, linebacker coach Jeff Ulbrick. Oh, so they the were old. both San Francisco 49ers yeah. defenders. Uh, Carolina Panthers. GM Dave Gettleman, head coach Ron Rivera, OC Mike Shula, DC Steve Wilkes. Yeah. I don't know about Wilkes a whole lot personally. I mean, I know that he's similar to McDermott as far as what he does. I think the, the um, I look at them and go, I got a lot of respect for Gettleman. Um, Shula, their offense has to change a little bit, and they got to find a few more elite it's players funny. on I, their team. When I look at the Panthers, I see a lot of the Packers. I see an OC and a GM that are stuck in their ways, mm. and it's holding – great quarterbacks and the franchises back. Yeah, I think that's a fair. Gettleman and Shula and Thompson and, and Edgar Bennett slash Mike McCarthy. And Shula's, Shula, I think, is totally kid. Like, Shula no, made this did, offense. Yeah, what he did with the run great, offense but I just think ago. everybody's kind of caught on to it a little bit, and they got to continue to evolve. Their uh, quarterback's coach is Ken Dorsey, yep. which we know, yep. uh, and their assistant D-line coach is Sam Mills. Huh, good old Sam. Uh, New Orleans Saints, GM Mickey Loomis, assistant GM Jeff Ireland. That's where he's been hiding. Head coach Sean Payton, assistant head coach Dan Campbell. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. OC Pete Carmichael, DC Dennis Allen. I like everything. I mean, I think the Mickey Loomis is probably the guy you got a question there He's right the weak now. Link. Yeah. Um, but 
Uh, I do think New Orleans, I mean, I'm saying it right now, they're, they're the early on, like, watch out for them next year. Really? They are the watch out for them. They're, they're your, let me go to Vegas yeah. and throw 50 on a long shot. I, yeah, I do. I think, I mean, and I think you. Because you, they were right there. At, they like, were. They were challenging a lot of teams. In and the I know, I, I think we were both kind of high on them. I know I was for sure, like, in like week 11, 12, I was Their like, man, they're kind of getting together. people didn't realize. They did. They got healthy in the secondary, too. Uh, but I really respect Dennis Allen and, of course, Sean Payton, too. The utmost. I yeah. love their randoms. Offensive assistant Ronald Curry. He was the guy. Well, who did he come out with in Ronald that draft? Ronald Curry, well, he's from North Carolina. He was with supposed Julius to be the original Peppers? Michael Vick. Michael Vick, that's he's what it was. He's supposed to be the original Michael Vick. Their linebackers coach is Mike Nolan. Yep. And their secondary coach is Aaron Glenn. Yeah, that's a pretty good group there. I, I just like those guys. They're yes. interesting. Yeah. But Ronald Curry, stud. He um, was a stud. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, GM Jason Light, head coach Dirk Cutter, OC Todd Monken, but it's really Dirk Cutter, yeah. DC Mike Smith. Yeah, it's a good group. I mean, Jason Light, I was with him in New England. That's, I mean, they're a group, you know, as I'm looking about this, because we've had this conversation with like Lombardi, like Lombardi we talked about and Peter King, and I look at it and go, you know, there's a few more teams I think that are all in right now than I think in years past. Yeah. Like, well, there's I think- a lot of new GMs in the NFL. And a, a few, a, look, listen, Jason Light, uh, Titans. Yeah, uh, your uh, Robinson, John and, Robinson, and Lions. Yeah, Dan Quinn. I mean, not Dan Quinn. Uh, yeah, Bob, Bob Quinn, Quinn. Sorry, Bob Quinn. Bob Quinn. A lot of people from good fran- from. Good, and it's not the holdovers. You're right. And the GMs kind of make the difference in listening. Yeah. And working. Yeah. Um, football ops for Tampa Bay is Shelton Quarles. Oh, yep. He was doing that at the end of my time there. He really? was diving in there. Yeah. And then the assistant D-line is Paul Spicer. Oh, the old Spicinator. He was what, on the Jaguars? Yeah, he was the Jaguars. Is the last one I remember him on. Um, NFC West, Arizona Cardinals. Amazing randoms. I'll get to them in a second. GM Steve Keim, head coach Bruce Arians, his associate head coach is Tom Moore, OC Harold Goodwin, DC James Betcher. Yeah, uh, I think I like the whole group. I, the only thing I would say negative about them, they're all in. They're trying to win every week. They're trying to win the Super Bowl. They're trying to give you the middle finger and like up yours. We killed you, yeah. which is I love about them. But I also think it's what hurts them too. They're a little reckless. Both sides of the ball. Their head coach, you could see he's reckless in a good way as well. Yeah. Uh, Reckless I'm, is great when it works. It is and right. It's, it's it's all the fingers get pointed at you, but it's not always the best way to right the ship when things are shaky. Like we saw this year, just yeah. c- couldn't seem to get protection right. Couldn't seem to ever quite get everything on the same page. I'll be interested to see kind of what they do to they adjust. They have made fantastic personnel moves over the last few years in terms of some of the young talent they found taking yeah. chances on a Tyron Matthew, yeah. David Johnson, and all that. The one thing I don't like about Steve Keim is he's the GM that talks the most out of anyone in the NFL. He's always commenting. He does, he does Their a lot. Their randoms are awesome. Their quarterback's coach, Byron Lefwich. Damn, I didn't know Byron. You didn't know there. that? No. Their D-line coach, Brentson Buckner. Wow. Their linebackers coach, they have an outside inside. Their outside is Bob Sanders. Right. And their inside is Larry Foote. Wow. They got just like yeah. the early 2000s dudes that's hanging out. Pretty, that's, a, that's a pretty good group. But Byron Leftwich chilling out. I just hope he's not teaching anybody his throwing motion. Probably not. Probably not. But uh, Byron is a student of the game. He loves he? football. He really does. Uh, so I'm not surprised. I could see that meshing well with Bruce. Byron Leftwich to me is a little bit like Carmelo in terms of something happened in college that even though it's like been like 20 years, we still think about it. Like Carmelo was winning the championship. Yeah. 
Byron, when he was getting carried, yeah. I mean, people were like, this it, is it, the greatest. No one will it question him It knocked him into ever. the top ten it just because of that. They were like, oh, he's top ten. Look at him. They're carrying him, and he's still playing. And he was a good quarterback. Yeah, he was worthy of being a top ten pick because he yeah. was big, and he he could he could really throw it. Really I mean, throw the first it. time I played against them in the preseason, I mean. Oh, yeah, because you played him every year. Yeah, we played him every year. And, I mean, I was used to always kind of being on the field and having the strongest arm on the field. And, man, the first throw he threw, guys on our sideline were like, man, did you see that ball? And I was like, I wanted to be like, hey, fuck you. He did can't you throw get a little soft-conscious? Yeah, I did. I wanted to be like, fuck, I'm going to throw this ball so hard next time <laughs> out there. <laughs> it got stuck in Joey Galloway's face. Um, L.A. Rams, he, uh, GM Les Snead, and then he's got Kevin Demoff over him. Head coach Sean McVay. Joe Barry is his assistant head coach. Yep. O.C. is Matt LaFleur. Yeah. Was that the guy from Atlanta? Uh, no, it's his – oh, yeah, it is. It is Matt. Yes, so – Matt LaFleur went to the Rams to be go to the OC, and his brother went with Kyle. Relation to Peter LaFleur? Uh, no, the okay. old... Uh, Dodgeball? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and their DC is Wade Phillips. Yeah. So Sneed McVay, LaFleur, Phillips. I mean, Sneed Mc... I mean... Uh, I feel like the weak link is the head coach, just because we don't know. We don't know, but at least he's gonna. they're going to be better on the offense because of McVay. their defense will be more disciplined. And no doubt about it. I mean, they're going to be more creative of what they do. I'm excited uh, to see where they go. I am, too. Their quarterbacks coach is Greg Olson. Uh, their special teams, it's still John Fossil. Here's a name that I didn't think we'd hear again. Huh. Their O-line coach, Aaron Cromer. Oh, the old Cromer. You remember? Oh, let's ask Josh. Do you remember why we talked about Aaron Cromer ever? I, I do remember talking about Aaron Cromer, but I don't remember why. Aaron Cromer was the one that was leaking and ratting on Jay Cutler in Chicago. Oh, yeah, that's right. What was he saying about him? Well, he uh, I can't remember what he said. He had two incidents, remember? He did. He also had the incident where he got in some argument fight on the beach with kids with his son. And they got in trouble there, where I think he got in trouble with Buffalo during that little But Aaron Cromer, what was he saying about Jay Cutler? He was leaking stuff out, and I guess he realized he was going to get outed. It was like, we all don't like him or something. Something like that, or he's not all in, whatever it was. I was with Aaron Cromer in Tampa. I mean, Cromer's a good guy. He's not afraid to speak his opinion or, you know, speak Maybe his mind a little bit. he was just talking too much stuff. But apparently he was. 49ers, GM John Lynch, assistant GM Tom Campbell, head coach Kyle Shanahan, assistant head coach John Embry, uh, OC Kyle Shanahan, and DC Robert Soleil. Amazing yes. synergy. I think they've got it all figured <laughs> out. This is, I'd lock him in for the Super Bowl next year. Uh, I don't know the D.C. I don't know the assistant head coach. Well, the D.C. is from the coaching staff in Atlanta, so it's going to be that same kind of same kind of uh, system. Cover three press mail. Pretty much. Uh, and then, you know, hey, Kyle. Yeah, of course, you know, I think Kyle's the man. I think John Lynch is the man, too. Who's John Embry? Uh, John Embry is, remember him, the old ex-head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes? Oh, wow. Uh, and I then didn't remember that. He went somewhere. I can't believe I think he was in Jacksonville as a tight ends coach this last year, somewhere like that. Uh, but there's some Colorado connection. I don't know how Kyle knows him, but, you know, Kyle being from Denver. I will say that uh, it, to fill out my questions, yeah. they're all in for sure. Um, we're going to find out who the weak link is. We're going to see if John yeah, Lynch right. can do it. You're right. We're going to see if this new DC can do it. Yep. We're going to see if Kyle can run a team. Yes. It's And they're interesting ones. Defensive line, Jeff Zganina. I just remember him being on those Rams Super Bowl teams. Right. And they just hired hire their defensive quality control guy, which is D'Amico Ryans. Oh, D'Amico. Uh, the, the interesting thing with the 49ers, just to get in the football thing just real quick, is, um, you know, they were a 3-4 team under Harbaugh, under Tom and Solo. they drafted back-to-back three, four like 3-4 guys. Right. So 
Now, what are they going to do with Buckner and Eric Armstead? That's where I really think it's going to be. You can't make them Marcus Stroud and John Henderson? (laughs) I don't know if they're quite those kind of guys. That's what I'm not quite sure. I mean, Marcus Stroud and John Henderson were tall, but they were giants. I mean, they were just giants. And what are these guys like? These guys are a little more long and vertical, not necessarily just about, like, space eating and we're just going to sit here and handle you know, Have those picks looked good or no? Well, Buckner, Buckner has had moments of being very good. Okay. Armstead, I still got questions about him. Interesting. I do. And, and I can't say Buckner was just totally awesome and unbelievable. Kyle Shannon will be judged on his offense. That's how that team, that's how he will be judged. Now, if the defense isn't putting it up, they're, they're, since they're transitioning. But that's a team to watch. And I'm wrong about Saleh. He was Seattle. I thought he was with Atlanta last year, but it's Seattle. So I guess that's where I got it mixed up, but I, I'm sorry. I, I, well, let's go to Seattle. GM John Schneider, head coach Pete Carroll, assistant head coach Tom Cable, OC Daryl Bevel, DC Chris Richard. We know where the weak link is. Yeah. I mean. Daryl Bevel. Certainly. Uh, but they're all in. They are all in. It's just I think their offense limits them insanely. I I, I agree, and I, I think that they need to do more on defense, period. Oh, so I do look at that and just go, that's like Pete and Chris Richard. They got to evolve a little, too. I thought about this during the Super Bowl when I was watching Dan Quinn's defense stymie the Patriots. Yeah, so the was in Jacksonville last year's line. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. They, right they're like whole up. defensive staff is from so, Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this when I was watching the Super Bowl. Of all the D.C.'s, Gus Bradley, Dan Quinn that came up in Seattle and that kept getting jobs elsewhere, I think Quinn was the best one. And I think what he showed in the Super Bowl was that defining factor. Yes. Um, where I think uh, everyone loved uh, Gus Bradley probably the most, but I think Quinn was the most like independent of them. I, I, I don't disagree with that. And, I mean, some of the things they did in the Super Bowl, other than maybe the, the clock management, yeah. uh, you're right. It was top-notch. I mean, he's... He's definitely changed around that team and their the way they're perceived and, and the way they play week to week. Uh, their D-line coach is Clint Hurt, who I actually covered in Louisville, and their assistant D-backs coach made my life miserable one NFC championship. What cornerback picked off Donald McNabb three times? Man, the guy for the Panthers yes. that went to UCLA? Yes. Uh, I know. I just can't. Number 24. Wow. But You're I, right there. I know. I just can't think of his damn name. What is his name? Go ahead. Ricky Manning Ricky Jr. Ricky Manning Jr. Is that Assistant right? Assistant D-backs coach of the Seattle Seahawks. That's cool. Uh, that's what I mean. It's funny to see these guys. All right. AFC. New England Patriots. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. Josh McDaniels. Matt Patricia. All right. No on. weak link. All in. Super good. Move to the next story. Uh, they don't have a tight ends coach, which is weird. Uh, their O-line coach, Dante Scarnicchia. Well, was Dayball the tight ends coach this past year? Oh, that's right. Sure. He, just so left. he just left for Alabama. Right. Uh, and they're, uh, they have an offensive assistant, and his name is Cole Popovich. <laughs> and I went, please tell me he hired Greg Popovich's son. No relation. Oh, sorry. I was like, if Belichick hired a Popovich, this is <laughs> like, the, they're just like hanging out. Uh, yeah. It's just, you know, it's Belichick, McDaniels, and Patricia. It, I mean, yes, it is. It's an amazing group with an owner that's got great clues what's the going on. It's top to bottom. It is. All right, Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Let's go the other way. Uh, GM Doug Whaley, head coach Sean McDermott, OC Rick Dennison, yeah. DC Leslie Frazier. A lot of questions there. 
I mean, I, of course, I question Whaley. Uh, I uh, I question Rick Dennison. I've not been a huge fan of Where his offense. Where has he been lately? Well, he was in Denver uh, the last two years as the old play, offensive play caller there, right? Man, I, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and say his O-line stunk, yes. but I really didn't like their game planning a lot. Every route was a 10-yard comeback. I would agree. There's not a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of original thoughts there as far as offensive game planning. You know, McDermott, I mean, again, I, I like McDermott. It just, again, he's a lot of question marks with that yeah. team, I think, in general. Their run game specialist O-line coach is Juan Castillo. Mm. McDermott bringing back the O-line coach that Andy Reid forced to be a D.C. So Juan left Baltimore. And then their tight end coach is Rob Boris, ah, who we just Rob saw Boris. the O.C. of the Rams. Yes. Um, who did better than I thought, and then he didn't do as good as I thought. Yeah, he was better than I thought, though. Yeah. I will say that. Uh, Miami Dolphins. GM is Chris Greer. Um, many people think it's probably still Mike Tenenbaum. He's the executive VP of football ops. Yeah. Uh, head coach is Adam Gase. He has two. He is an assistant, which is Frank Bush, and an associate in Darren Rizzi. OC is Clyde Christensen. DC is Matt Burke, not the former center. No, Matt Burke is uh, was a linebackers coach when I was in the Tennessee Titans, so I know Matt pretty well. I mean, Matt's Matt's a good football coach. He's been coached by Jim Schwartz and been around that crew the whole time. He was so what in do you Detroit think of with them. Greer, Gase, Christensen, and Burke. I think the only guy I question, the people I question there, are the front office are Greer and Tannenbaum. Yeah, uh, but. I don't think those guys are idiots by any stretch of the imagination. I do think they're the type of guys that will have good dialogue with an Adam Gase as far as the vision of the team. You know who Burke made his pass rush specialist? Uh, let me think about this. Jim Washburn. Uh, and his assistant D-line coach is Andre Carter. Ah, the old Andre Carter. Man. Yep. He had a he was a, nine, a 97 rating in Madden for he, a few years. He, I mean, he hung around Hold forever, on, Think too. about all these former 49ers defensive people that are now coaches in the NFL that, we, that we've been saying. Bryant Young, Jeff Ulbrich. Um, uh, we just said, I just said his name. Andre Carter. Andre Carter, A lot yeah. of these guys. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Jets, GM Mike McCagnan. Their director of player personnel is Brian Heimerdinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, head coach Todd Bowles, OC John Morton, DC Casey Rogers. Yeah. I got questions about all of them. Pretty much. I all mean, of them. Pretty much. And I didn't have questions about Mike McCagnan, and then he took that quarterback in the second round. Christian Hackenberg? Yeah, that's a little scary. Uh, yeah, the Jets are in a really weird place. I don't know if they're trying to win the Super Bowl. Well, uh, I think Todd Bowles is trying. I just don't think he's capable. Yeah, maybe not. You know, I just, they're, they're, in, they're in danger. I mean, the Jets, I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets just fell off the earth this year and went 3-13 and 13 or something like that. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see what they what do. What was the record last year? Uh, this past year, man, they got the sixth pick in the draft. So what were they, oh, Josh? Probably the Jets. four or five four and wins. Twelve. Um, their interesting ones. Assistant quarterback coach is Mick Lombardi. Yep. You're a good friend of Mike Lombardi's son. Yeah. Uh, outside linebacker coach is Kevin Green. Yeah. So you get in the Hall of Fame and you still want to work. Yeah, he's still back. Uh, Jeremy Bates is the quarterback coach. Who? Mm. Uh, Jeremy was. He was the old OC of Miami. He was at. He was at. Chicago at one point he was in Denver at one point and he was with Seattle and Pete Carroll and that company right before Daryl Bevel took over oh. he was with me in Tampa as well good uh, or bad Jets were five and eleven five and eleven Jeremy is g- gonna be great really yes he is he's got great energy Jeremy Bates was the guy in one of my Madden games where you had to hire a coach and he was always the top available coach that wasn't hired. was it Jeremy or is his dad Jim Bates it was Jim yes 
dad, his dad, Jim Brates, was the famous defensive coordinator for a long time, was the coordinator of like those Dolphins teams with Zach Thomas on defense. I'll never forget it was this game where Jim Bates was the number one available and number two was Terry Robisky. Yeah. Jim Bates was always – he's that classical great defensive coordinator forever never really got a head coaching chance. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, AFC North, Baltimore Ravens, Ozzie Newsom, John Harbaugh, OC is Marty Morningweg, DC is Dean Pease. Yeah. I see the weak link there. I yeah. think it's Marty. It, I mean, uh, I, I think, you know, and I, I don't like to say this, but, I mean, even Ozzy, I think you got to look at him a little bit. Wow. It, well, just because no, say it. They've, showed the some, they've showed some cracks in the armor the last few years with uh, people they've drafted and missing, whether it's Elam, the safety in the first round out of Florida. Yep. Prashard or Perryman. Prashard Perryman. Or Terrence Brooks out of Florida State. I feel like um, Ozzy should only draft rounds three and on because when he finds the Kenneth Dixons and the Darius Smiths right. in the seventh, yes. or taking like you know going with Terrell Suggs, and I mean the guys that he's when he's if, been amazing his whole career except for these last like two or three. There's been just a few little glitches. I am I am sending a spy to follow Ozzy Newsom when he looks at middle linebackers because who, he just finds the guy he does. every time. Yeah. Uh, their random one, their tight end coach is Greg Robin. I can't even think of who Greg Robin is. He was the OC of the Bills. Oh, Greg Roman. Roman. What yeah. did you think? I, I thought said? you said Robin. Oh, no, like, Roman. Yeah. Roman. So Greg Roman's down there as the tight ends coach. Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, Marty's not the worst. I'll, I'll give Marty. Marty is a little more than your normal West Coast yeah, guy. Yes. He did take over halfway through the year, so he didn't get to put his whole stamp on the offense. It's a big year for Baltimore Ravens. I, I really think the Baltimore Ravens, they don't go to the playoffs, do something like that. That this It could be a regime change finally in Baltimore. Wow. That would be my guess. Yeah, they've been on that 2012 uh, Super, Super Bowl. Right? And then they, they've what? Well, they've missed the playoffs, what, three out of the last four years, right? Yeah. yeah I think they you went, can't really blame the division. No. I mean, the, the, the division was available this year. Le'Veon Bell missed three games, then he missed a lot later. And right. Ben missed some games. I mean, Ben's missed games the last few years, and the Ravens haven't jumped them. The right. Ravens won the Super Bowl, missed the playoffs, lost in the divisional round, and then missed the playoffs the, the last two years. The divisional game was where they the had three. the Patriots. Yes. And they were up like 14 points. Okay. Yeah, uh, Bengals, GM Mike Brown, head coach Marvin Lewis, OC Ken Zampezi, DC Paul Gunther. Yeah, they're all in. They're all in. That's a, it's a really good group. Uh, I mean, am I going to say like Zampezi and Gunther just blow me away? Uh, Most people here would have problems with Brown and Lewis. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, uh, listen, again, though, I think they're a team that does everything to win it. Maybe their process is flawed as far as what they do to get there or push all their chips into the middle of the table. But I do think that they're they're pretty good talent evaluators. They're not afraid to take a chance on a player from time to time. Uh, and they're they're out there trying to win it all the last six, seven years. Maybe they won't draft a cornerback in the first round this year. Uh, I, I'll believe it's like it. It's for I, the last five years. Yeah, I know. Uh, their quarterback's coach is Bill Lazor, uh, the OC uh, for Miami that was under the Chip Kelly tree in Philadelphia. Yes. And their linebacker's coach is Jim Hazlitt, who yeah. I think has been there working with Vontez Blast. Perfect. <laughs> and they need linebackers. Uh, Cleveland Browns, they don't really have a GM but they have Paul DePodesta and Sashi Brown. Yeah. Head coach is Hugh. OC is Hugh. DC is Greg Williams. Yeah. Um, we have a question mark. We do. It's the front office. It's it definitely the front office. I mean, I love Hugh. I'll say this. I even question Greg Williams at this point in his career. I mean, Greg is a guy that, uh, yeah, there's some creative things, but, I mean, I, I want to say unnecessary creative things at times. Uh, 
I'm just it's not, funny, like Matt Bowen, who used to work here and works at ESPN, yes. was always a huge fan of Greg Williams. Sure. But he would also tell stories where Greg would get pissed off and then go, you know what? I'm going to blitz. I'll blitz him. Yes, and exactly it's like, right. that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, we had games in Tampa where I literally felt like Gruden was in Greg Williams' head. He'd call a play, and I'd be like, man, we're on the 37-yard line, and it's second and nine, and he's calling, like, max protect, like two guys go out. And I'd get underneath center, and I'd be like, holy shit, here comes Sean Taylor. They're going to blitz. LeVar Arrington's coming. Yeah, he and, just knew him. I mean, he was just all over him. It's like he knew his personality, everything. It was uh, There was a few stretches there. I was like, damn, Gruden's on fire. He owns Greg Williams. Gruden yeah. and Greg Williams in a room. What happens? Oh, my gosh. There'd be a lot of great stories. And oh, they would. it wouldn't be it would No, be I think it would be good. Greg's a great guy, full of energy. That's why defense Are there any love famous him. coaching like hatred stories? That like I was a part or of, or that are just like really known. Like oh. at the combine, these two guys are going to sit really far away from each other. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, uh, gosh. I mean, you're putting me on the spot right now. I can't think of that off the top of my head. But yes, there's a lot of that. There's a, a ton of that. These are other than everybody in these Belichick. are NFL selfish human being head coaches who are political who are angry at half the league because they don't think that guy should have the job, they yeah, should have jealous. the job, and or they just think that side's an idiot and we're smart and we have all the answers. Assistant running backs coach for the Browns is Rock Cartwright. Oh, good old Rock. Uh, and then the D-line coach is Clyde Simmons. Man. I didn't know he was coaching. That's a pretty good group. Uh, Steelers, GM is Kevin Colbert, uh, head coach Tomlin, O.C. Haley, D.C. Butler. Yeah, I think... Um, I look at all that and go top notch. Yeah, I would say well, Colbert. I I don't think has been totally out of the park. Like he's been out of the park with some of the under the radar guys. Yeah, I like Dupree. Right, I like Artie Burns, Martavis Bryant. Yeah, I mean those they things draft wide receivers fantastic. Those things are amazing. You're right, but there was years there where I would go, man, can we get somebody with talent in the secondary? So they finally yeah. have some young guys there coming along. And they're finally getting a little younger along their defense in general. Their O-line coach is Mike Munchak. Their outside linebackers coach we know is Joey Porter. And their D-backs coach you wanted me to bring up, especially Carnell Lake. Yeah, Carnell Lake is a guy I would look out for the next two, three years being a head coaching candidate. I mean, I'm Do you think he's part of the reason the Steelers' defensive backs have been better? I do think so, yeah. I I just think with the guys like, you know, uh, the D coordinator, Butler, him, Joey Porter, all of them together – They've all been running that Pittsburgh Steelers scheme since the mid-90s. I mean, yeah. and, and they know how to coach it, and they know little ideas and things to give here and there. And hmm. it's one of the brilliant things about the Steelers organization. They realized they had this special scheme with Dick LeBeau and everything. Zone blitzing, yeah. And they've never really let those guys out of the building. Oh, you can leave, but we're keeping the other nine. Okay, you can leave, but we're keeping the other eight. Yeah. And it's stayed there through and through. I mean, it's Blitzburg for a reason because it's the same freaking defense with a few wrinkles here Jerome and there. Harrison's coming around the corner, and yeah, here comes Harrison, Dupree and Greg Jarvis Lloyd Jones. And yeah. You know, you just think about it, and you go, damn, you're right. They've been doing the same damn crap for a long time. Uh, South, Houston Texans. Rick Smith is the GM. Head coach is Bill O'Brien. Assistant head coach, Romeo Cornell. OC, Bill O'Brien. DC, Mike Vrabel. Yeah, I mean, that's an awesome staff. They're definitely all in New England all the way. There's one flaw, and it's just really the quarterback and that decision that they made there. Other than that. Well, is that Rick Smith? Yeah, I mean, I don't. it sounds like it's a little Rick and Billy O from the things I know. It's a little combination of both. 
Um, I mean, I, I know some juicy parts of that story, but I'm not going to tell them over the podcast. And, really? Well, I mean, just to where at least I've been told more of the blame has been put on or whoever else, but I'm not saying it. Sorry, Lifko. We will cut it. Okay. We'll cut it. We'll cut it, right? I don't <laughs> cut things from the podcast anymore. Oh, you don't cut things from the <laughs> podcast. Even when you were on your knees here last time in this room? That was a while ago. Uh, was a while ago. Yeah, that was, uh, that was when you were still Rabbi Fendrick. It was a different time. <laughs> special teams uh, is Larry Izzo, and they have an offensive special teams assistant. They got to expand the their of, offense. By the name of Wes Welker. Oh, that's right. I forgot Wes went down there. That's awesome. I mean, it really is. They need to do more Wes Welker-type plays in their offense. That's what they're missing. So hopefully Wes can bring that I don't think it what play they ran with Brock. Well, I mean, hopefully they can get a Romo or something here. Uh, Colts, uh, Chris Ballard is the GM. Head coach is Chuck Pagano. He's got assistant head coach Joe Philbin. Assistant to the head coach, Jeff Popovich. Another Popovich. That's Dan Popovich family. Uh, OC, Chudzinski, DC, uh, Ted Monachino. Yeah. Who I don't know who that is. Yeah, I mean, he's a Baltimore guy through and through. So, so he's a Pagano guy. Yeah, he's a Pagano guy. I, I I like what they got there. I mean, I don't know Chris Ballard. I've never met him, but I can't tell you of a front office guy that I've heard more positive things over the last three, four years. I mean, everybody's loved Chris. That's why his name was initially right in the San Francisco. Right. I mean, I think San Francisco was going to hire him right and off the bat. That's why they were like, hey, Grigson, you're out. Ballard, yeah. you're in. Yes. Uh, their quarterback's coach is Brian Schottenheimer. Do I really want him near luck? Yeah, shot, shoddy. I mean, as much as we might have not thought he was the best offensive coordinator, yeah. he is going to. Yeah, he's he's he is perfect for that position. Okay, and you know, for guys like him, it's a perfect position to be into because now you get to help an Andrew Luck and get some of the credit for that when things go good. Yeah, and then he can expand his own offense, hopefully, from learning from Chazinski. Chazinski is a guy I I like their offense. They need to find a few other. Again, their offense really almost like Bruce Arians. This like you're just like. Man, can we just call a few short passes every now and then? Does Andrew yeah. have to sit there for well, seven also, seconds every if, time? If the Colts can get a Fournette or a Cook oh or somebody, gosh, I know. I if know. they can get a real running back, yeah, it's time. Man, they got to do it. Yeah, because I can't watch Frank. I mean, Frank Gore played great this year. Yeah, but for a thirty-three-year-old, yeah. Um, Jags GM David Caldwell, head coach Doug Marone, OC Nathaniel Hackett, DC Todd Wash. Yeah. I like D.C. Todd Wash. I was with Todd Wash in Tampa. Todd Wash is going to run that same scheme on defense, so they're not going to really change. So what is that? I mean, it's the Seattle scheme. Oh, okay. He's he's with Gus. He was a package deal with Gus Bradley, basically. And then he just stuck they it were, out. Yeah, he, he stuck it out. So he's the D coordinator. He's really good. Um, What's Nathaniel Hackett do? Nathaniel Hackett is it, it's a pretty good blend. If you remember Nathaniel, he was the OC like when Kyle Orton and company were the Buffalo Bills uh, a few years ago when they almost made the playoffs. Jeez. Uh, they, they, he's got a good little West Coast base, just like his father. His father was my quarterback's coach in Tampa. And then he's, of course, got a little creativity and knows mm. where to steal plays from who and whatever else. So they're definitely going to be better on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we know the question. Yeah. The question is the quarterback. The question is, I mean, Caldwell to a degree. I mean, yes, it is to a degree. I mean, between Bortles, you know. I, I hate giving people we that haven't have seen the third a ton, pick in the I mean, draft Luke, praise for their draft picks. Well, all the time. I mean, and you think about it. I mean, Dante Fowler hasn't done anything. I know he's injured. Sure. Luke Jokel, 
Yeah. Right? I mean, Jalen Ramsey's a stud. Jalen Ramsey's a stud. So but, one for four. but this is a team that's had, you know, yeah, like you just said, top five picks for about eight years running now. So yeah. they should have a really good team. Uh, their running's back coach is Tyrone Wheatley. The running's back coach? Uh, their wide receivers coach. The wide receivers is, coach. Is Keenan McCardell. Oh, Keenan. Ah, and their DB coach is Perry Fuel. Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, I got history with all three of the, uh, those guys. Tyrone's a great dude. Um, McCardo. I, when I think of Tyrone Wheatley, I just think, think of Michigan Raiders. Six, um, I think of Raiders one yard line, like jumping over the pile. Yeah, that's what he Matt did. Matt Camp, diehard Keenan McCardle fan. He is a huge Keenan McCardle. He's Keenan. got his jersey up in his bedroom. Keenan was a lot I of fun. I forgot how with. good Keenan McCardle was. Yes, true. True. He was my first experience into. Uh, wow, an awesome receiver that he's like not like blowing me away with his speed and his strength. But he's just good. But he did everything else. Like he had good size. He was a phenomenal route runner. I remember when and Perry Fuel was like the up and coming head coaching candidate. Yeah, I know, and that's fallen apart ever since his last year as the D coordinator of the Giants. Right? Yeah. What happened? Uh, well, I mean, they performed horribly on the defensive side of the ball when he was a defensive coordinator, and then you know, to his defense. You know, a lot of the times it depends on where you go after that. And where did he go? He ended up going to the Washington Redskins, and their yeah. defense hasn't been a di- worth a damn either. Yeah, so you kind of get pegged into that. You know what I mean? Uh, Titans, GM John Robinson, head coach Mike Malarkey, OC Terry Robisky, DC Dick LeBeau. I mean, that's a lot of old like old guard right there. It is. I, I think the big thing there is their offense – what will they do continuing to go forward? Because I'm not always blown away by their pass game. Their run game is special with Malarkey and Robisky, what they do. They, that's their most creative part of their game planning. What is this podcast, an hour and 40 minutes? Hour and seven right now. Okay, so we're, we're almost, almost yeah. in the FC West. I, sorry, and, but, but uh, I think the world of John Robinson, I really do. John Robinson's one of the best GMs in football, and I think he kind of he showed his prowess last year, his first in year on the job. Year. right? Yes. I mean, he, he showed what he's capable of doing. And um, I, I think he's a guy that's so many of their draft picks hit, and then their free agents all worked out. Yes, uh, quarterbacks coach is oh no, excuse me, the running backs coach is Sylvester Croom, and their O line coach another throwback, Russ Grimm. Man, Russ Grimm is down there. Wow. I mean, like the Grimm, Malarkey, Rabisky, and LeBeau. That's, I mean, holy crap! That's like an old Raiders Steelers game. That's unbelievable. Raiders Redskins. Um, it's it's and it's funny they play that way. They That's do. why it's funny when you look at these coaching staffs and you wonder, wow, that doesn't make sense, or wow, they play with a certain identity. It's the identity of the coaches. Yes, it is. Uh, Denver is interesting. Uh, AFC West, GM is John Elway, head coach Vance Joseph, OC Mike McCoy, DC Joe Woods. I I love everything except I just question the head coach. I mean, I I know Joe Woods. It's funny. I, mean, I don't think I realized I know so many people because I am keep going, yeah, I was with Joe Woods. Yeah. Uh, was I he mean, in Tampa too? He was, yeah. I <laughs> mean, I was with Joe Woods. I, Mike McCoy was my quarterback coach the year in Denver. Wow. Um, I, I really think a lot of both of them. Yeah, the big question to me, and of course Elway is the man, is just the head coach and what he's all about. I, I mean, I know I've met him. He's definitely – He sounds like the one coordinator that you would be okay with not retaining coordinator duties and just being the head coach. Well, because when I met him and then anybody I've talked to that kind of knows him, it this sounds – Vance Joseph. Yes, Vance Joseph. He just got a lot of the Mike Tomlin qualities, it sounds like, where he has got just great people skills. He understands the locker room, kind of just understands where to – when to press the throttle, when to let off, all those things. So – 
Uh, yeah, but at the same time, am I skeptical Skeptical of a guy that coached the 30th-ranked defense in football and now he's a head coach? Yeah, it's a little bit. Uh, quarterback's coach is Bill Musgrave, and the tight end's coach is Jeep Christ. Oh, uh, hey, uh, Bill Musgrave, you've got the sixth-ranked offense in football. You're fired, and now you have to be demoted. Like, how fucked up is that? That's fucked up. <laughs> how did that happen? I, because he know, was the uh, head. Co- he was the OC of the Raiders right. last season. Like they've had the best year in their offense. What's crazy to me? I'll just skip to the Raiders next. Um, they changed OC when really the issue all year was the DC. Yes. So Oakland Raiders GM Reggie McKenzie, head coach uh, Jack Del Rio, assistant head coach John Pagano, OC now Todd Downing, DC is still Ken Norton Jr. Yeah, but they do have John Pagano there, and I think that's where he's going to be. John was the was he with the Chargers? The Chargers, right? It's Chuck's brother, and, and he just came over. He just came so over. now Del Rio and Pagano will work with Norton. I would expect that would be the formula. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Who the hell is Todd Downing? Yeah. I mean, I don't know a ton about Todd. I've met him. Where has uh, he been? I mean, he's been there, and honestly, I'm not even sure where I'm going to tell you where he was before this. I mean, Did I know just he's been like there the Bill? last you two just years. They liked him. I don't really. I don't know, and I don't have the story for you, so I can't even. I mean, I'll, I'll hopefully get it at some point, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That was a move that truly baffled me. It's moves like that where I go, I man. I'm so Derek, glad I'm not in the NFL anymore with that crap. Because you go at the sixth ranked uh, offense. You think Derek didn't like him? <sighs> I mean. Those my first thoughts were that somebody powerful obviously didn't like him. I mean, I, mm. and yeah, I did think of Derek Carr. Interesting, I certainly did. Uh, offensive line coach with the Raiders is Mike Tice. Uh, linebackers coach is Sinceri. Oh, what's Vinny Sinceri? Vinny Sinceri. Was he the Notre Dame boxer kid? No, he, this is this is the dad of the safety from Alabama, right? Oh remember yeah, Sinceri, yeah, 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 number yeah, yeah, yeah. And their D backs coach is Rod Woodson. Yep. Rod's been out there. Rod, Rod's, uh, Rod's a good coach. Listen, I like everything about that group there. They just got to get that defense straightened out. Uh, and it sounds like they will. I didn't even realize they got Pagano. See, yeah. that's a move in the offseason where if you don't say it out loud, yeah. you go, I don't know if the Raiders are going to turn around. You go, oh, crap, Pagano's there. Yes, definitely. Uh, Kansas City. Uh, GM John Dorsey, head coach Andy Reid, his associate is Brad Childress. OC is Matt Nagy. DC is Bob Sutton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think everything there is top notch. I mean, Bob Sutton, listen, I like him. I also look at it and go, I don't, I'm, I'm very torn in between. Bob I like Sutton. Bob Sutton and Andy Reid in the regular season. Yeah, I think what drives me crazy about Bob, like, there's no way that Kansas City defense should have been, like, what were they, 27th in total yards yeah. or something? Like, there's they have just talent no way. at every level. There's too much talent for them to be like that. But there's there's little details they miss within their defense when I watch them on film. And most people will go, oh, what do you mean? Or I, I, don't, I didn't see anything I'm watching. But I'm talking about little things as much as, like, you know, the nickelback and zone coverages, just putting your hands on the receivers as he goes by. Like, little things like that. There's just too many times well, receivers are free access. Because they have and, two DB coaches, Emmett Thomas, who's, like, world-renowned, yep. and Al Harris. We know that Al Harris was a little loose. He was. Uh, their wide receivers coach is Greg Lewis, and their offensive quality control Northwestern's own Mike Kafka. Oh, the old Kafkanator there. Kafka's a good dude. Uh, who was the coach you said before that? The Emma office, Thomas. Uh, the quality control coach you said was Kafka. And, and then Greg Lewis from the Eagles. The old receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Number Andy Reid guy. So Andy right. Reid brought in Kafka, Lewis, and Al Harris, who we all coached in Philadelphia. Wow. Uh, last one, L.A. Chargers. GM Tom Telesco. Head coach Anthony Lynn. O.C. Ken Wisenhunt. D.C. Gus Bradley. And this might be my favorite under the radar one. I, I I would agree. This is a team I look at. I'm actually interested now that we're talking about them. I mean, they're a team 
that I do love that staff. I mean, uh, Wisenhunt is very good offensive coordinator. I do like Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn with Wisenhunt. So now you're going to have Wisenhunt. He's got a lot of things to pull from in the pass game. Uh, and then Anthony Lynn is as creative as it gets in the run game. So He's like Melvin a little Gordon, yeah. Right. So I would think that could be that could be special. And then, yes, that defense. Uh, with a little bit of attitude with Gus Bradley. No doubt How about different it. is Gus Bradley from Pagano, who we just talked about? Well, they're a little different. Like Pagano is more along the Baltimore. It's a 3-4 hybrid where Gus is going to be true 4-3. Is Joey Bosa better in the 4-3? I don't think it matters. Joey Bosa is good in whatever you want to put him in. I really? Mean, yeah, so it doesn't matter because – uh, really, he's a defensive end at the end of the day who will be asked to drop in coverage maybe you know four or five times a game. Uh, the, the big thing with them is I just want to look up their uh, how much m- money they got in cap because that would be the interesting thing with me. I got it. San Diego, oh, excuse me, the L.A. Chargers are at 20.2, so they are in the bottom 10 in the NFL. They are, okay. Yeah, they need... And I also don't know how many guys you're going to get to go to that situation right now with their franchise and moving and all that stuff. But LA's cool. So I have two absurd questions before we go. I actually told them to Sims yesterday, uh, so he's had some time to think. Josh, you've not heard these. Great. Do you have any weird music that you could play underneath? No. Weird music? Yeah, I got some, I got some music. Keep it nice and low. Something nice and low? Yeah. I mean, it's not really weird, but... Oh, down low. Perfect. Perfect. Sounds like it sounds like we're doing like an NFL films video. So one of them is about influencers and one of them is about oh, children. Damn, I forgot that one. Josh, which one do you want to hear first? Children or influencers? I would like children first. Okay. There are five couples having famous kids. I want to know if you could invest in a child like it was the stock market. Which one would you invest in? Can you give me the couples? Here are the couples. Number one, Jay-Z and Beyonce. They have to be famous parents? I have the five. I'm just going to give you the five. okay, fine. Number one, Jay-Z and Beyonce. Because I wanted to go with LeBron's kid, okay? (laughs) That's where I was going. Number one, Jay-Z and Beyonce. Number two, Amal and George Clooney. Number three, Hannah and Derek Jeter. Number four, Ciara and Russell Wilson. And number five, Bristol Palin and Dakota Meyer. Oh, gosh. If you had to invest I know in my, one of those I know kids. my two yeah. right off the bat. All right, so what, hold on. Let me hear Josh's first. Yeah. My two are Jeter's kid and Clooney's kid. Wow. You're du- you're not even in the Jay-Z Beyonce no, sweepstakes. I'm not. I'm not. Um, All right, so that's his final two. Time out. What's your final two? My final two is Jeter. I'm with you. And yep. Jeter and Hannah Davis. I that seen kid's got beautiful eyes. Man, well, I've seen her in person, and she's she is a thoroughbred. I mean, like, truly. Like, <laughs> she's a lot bigger of a person than you realize. Yeah. Square shoulders, big hands. Number two? Number two. You don't want me to talk about her yeah, body? Not, not body really anymore. now. <laughs> uh, uh, number two is I'm going with Ciara and Russell Wilson. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I, I got no problem with that either. Okay, yeah. th- thanks for not having no so problem. So Ciara also, and then Russell Wilson with his stuff. Ciara's yes. got a little, like, height to her. She does. She Just a counteract shoulders. Russell Wilson's short ass. Exactly. Wow, so I would say most people would go with Jay-Z and Beyonce and Amal and George Clooney. My, my thing with the Jay-Z, Beyonce thing is you're thinking musician right off the bat with that kid. Music is very subjective, so it's hard to plot out the career path for that. If you're Jeter's kid, you're going to be a great athlete. If you're Clooney's kid, you're going to be good looking. 
those are two things that are less subjective. I will say this about the Jay-Z and Beyonce thing. Just you're forgetting. Yeah. You're forgetting. It's twins, two-for-one special. Yeah, you but got both kids. Yeah, no. I, no, but I, I will also say this to is you about really music. Is she really having these ones? Is she? This yeah, she's really having Can I shut this music off? No, yes. No, no, no. yes, please. I like it. It makes it weird. Uh, and that's why Jay-Z and Beyonce have the kid you should invest in. Next on Bleach Report, brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce, I will say this. There's not a lot of famous... For hour and 20, by the way. Famous kids in music. Like Frank Sinatra Jr., you know what I mean? Like, who are the big musicians who were born to a musician? Blue Ivy? No, but that's what I mean. Like, no, like that have actually oh, like have turned, had success. Yeah. You're right. It's not a lot. I, th- none of them, like, come to mind right away. But Amal and George well, Clooney, I feel like, will be the most stately kid. I do have... She is insanely well, intelligent. George Clooney is the man. Lefko totally blew off my well-reasoned opinion on why I'm going with my two selections. No, yes. I like your two selections. Okay. But he's talking about your opinion. He just you didn't give it any like credence. He kind of just went, eh, okay. He didn't even take the time to criticize it. Because yeah. I, thought, I thought they were two good choices. No, but you. I don't think he even heard your reasons. Why don't you ask him what your reasons were? Your reasons were Hannah and Derek Jeter, athlete will pass on, and George Clooney is handsome. You have to understand that when I was in <laughs> school, really I got out the of, of the, point. the amount of times that a teacher would go, Adam, what did I just say? And I'd recant it, and they'd go, what the hell? Because I, you know... Yeah, it's like when I'm doing a video with you. I'm not paying attention. What were you going to say, Sims? Yeah, what were you going to say that you thought was kind of inappropriate? Uh, you forgot. All right, I'm hosting this podcast now. Influence. All right, I need more music. <laughs> I like this. All right, it's been an hour and thirty minutes in episode 103. You better put this in like the notes for people to get. Yeah, these are I great. got you, Lefko. Maybe we should split up right the NFC and AFC. <sighs> Right now, everything is about influencers. How many likes, how many follows, how many retweets. Little question for you. If Kim Kardashian posted a video of herself putting a plunger on her face and told her followers that it made her skin feel better, how many people do you think would actually put a plunger on their face? So this is an opinion question. It is an opinion. The last one was an opinion question, too. Uh, Okay. Yeah, I'm just saying it's... (laughs) No, fact! <laughs> How many followers does she have on social media? She has 89.6 million followers on Instagram I mean, and 49.3 people... million followers on Twitter. How many people plunge themselves? over 130 million followers. You'd get a solid million that would put the plunger on there. My wife would be one of the million. <laughs> My wife would be like, oh, it works for Kim, okay. <laughs> Christopher, how does my skin look? Wow. I mean, my wife loves her some Kim Kardashian. How many would be active users of the plunger? Yeah, I, I would say I might even be willing to go a little higher. I might, I might set the over-under at 2 million. Yeah. But yeah, you're probably I think right. You're, I think it's about 5,000. And I think that it would just be put on social media to where it felt like million. But I don't think many people would actually do it. What, if she's what selling inspired a product, this question? Uh, Influencers. Dude, I just think of weird shit. But I don't know what to tell you. These are questions that I ask random people on dates when I'm hanging out with I Andre. Think mil- I think you get at least a million. I mean, they can clean the plunger before they put it on their face. So no, yes, no, no. She says she uses a used plunger. <laughs> Aren't they all used? Uh, yeah, like store bought Home Depot plunger. You think a million people would do I it? I don't know. I'm, I'm not publishing this podcast. 
That's awesome. That's a staple of these last podcasts is Josh going on not publishing. All right, so 103 is done. I, I guess we didn't have any questions. I don't know. Well, if we, Fedrick wasn't checking anyway. I wasn't checking. Oh, you want Twitter questions? Well, yeah, I mean, if we can get one well, or what two. What other questions will we be talking okay. about? Questions from you? Uh, listen, I, I told you I'm checked out of this podcast. I'm back to my normal work over here. It's been an hour and 22 minutes, but I do have some Twitter questions. Okay. How many yeah, do you want? Let's do them rapid fire. All right, rapid fires. Uh, would you guys see? By actually, the way, put Twitter questions in your timestamp of like where we're gonna do. This is unbelievable. It's rapid fire, not Max rapid Mulcahy fires. at Max underscore J underscore Mulcahy. Ooh, would Max, you guys? Max, Max. Would you guys like to see the combine test? How far the quarterbacks could throw the football? Yes, I would like to see that. Yes, I would. Uh, really, just let it uncork. I, I do think there's actually some merit to it too. I mean, just think. call it the Hail Mary drill. Well, I mean, as long as you can keep it in like a certain distance too. I don't want to see a guy throw like the ball seventy yards and it's in the fifth row right. of the stands. I'd love to see if Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers threw that draft. What actually happens? Oh, Matthew yeah. Joe at Matthew Joe two thousand is Jay Cutler the right fit for any team? I do think so. Tell them your Niners theory. Well, I do think the Niners thing could happen. I mean, you know, the Shanahan's Kyle's father, Mike, uh, drafted. Jay Cutler. And you think that will somehow give him some humbleness to be with Kyle? I do think so, because I think Jay is probably at the point of his career where he's just going like, damn, can I just I just want to be with an OC. I know these people actually liked me the whole time. Yeah. And this guy's actually been really good as an offensive coordinator, so I'm going to go in and drink the Kool-Aid. Niners would be cool. That would be cool. He would and you could really probably get him on the cheap. I, I mean, Mike so. Freeman's out here tweeting that you should give up negative draft picks to get Jay Cutler. He's so sold on him, but Kyle could make him good. Yes. Mark Bajan at 007 Sports, hey. friend of the podcast. What is the main factor to lead a young QB to success? Example, Mahomes clearly needs work. How do you maximize his potential? Uh, oof, okay. Well, I mean, th- the biggest thing in general is creative scheme, I think. I mean, yeah, listen, uh, there's a lot of things, right? I mean, but if we were going to really rank them and go, okay, yeah, do we want to get talent around them at the, you know, the skill position? Offensive line. Do we want to protect them? Right. Uh, all are really important, but I think more than anything is the creativity of the offense in general. That and can, tailoring it around his skill Tailoring it around him, making certain amount of plays every game easy, and then having a few plays where you ask more and more of him. Perfect example is the plays they called for Carson Wentz versus the plays they called for Jared Goff. Yes. Not until the end of the year did they start giving Jared Goff screens early on in the game. Carson Wentz all the time was dump off, dump off, crossing even route, dump Carson, off, and then. Yes. Yes. Or even last Car- And Dak okay. Prescott. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Last Twitter question, Jesse Cyrus Ralph, at Jesse Cyrus Ralph. I'm a big Pats fan. If the Patriots trade Jimmy, do you think they look for another QB, or is Jacoby the answer for after Tom? I think Jacoby. I don't know if he's the answer for after Tom. I think they really like Jacoby, and I think they think he could be the answer after Tom. They are. They really like Brissett, uh, and I'll just go from what my dad told me. My dad, I, I know when he came back, I think after the Houston Texans playoff game, he couldn't get over how well Jacoby Brissett threw the ball in practice that day. So I'll just throw that tidbit out there. Also, I don't know this for sure, but just reading between the lines of New England and knowing some of them up there, I don't think they were huge fans that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't come back from that shoulder injury a little bit quicker. And I think the way they are up there, they're a little petty from that standpoint. Uh uh, so I'm not so sure that didn't kind of help, you know, say like, okay, off to the future, man. 
Uh, it'll be C, but just Cleveland. Don't don't give them the first and twelfth pick for it. Don't do it. Yeah, I mean, shoot, you give just give them a bunch of the thirds and fourths and the second pick. If you give them the if you give them the second and the fourth pick, this yeah. year and like the second next year, I think it would get it done. We are about to get crazy in the football season in the offs. Nice, the combines dun, around dun, the corner. Dun, dun, Free dun, agencies dun. after that. But what we need you to do, you can do right now. Go to iTunes. Tell your friends to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. We'd really appreciate it. Josh Frederick's hand is on his face. He's had enough. 